0: Are you thriving in your singleness or just surviving? Maybe it depends on the day. Well, we are passionate about helping you thrive in your single years. So we brought on our friend, Sam. Sam is living a purposeful and fun life as a single woman. And we think you'll be inspired by her. Join us as Sam shares the lessons she's learned and her biggest tips for how not just to survive, but to thrive in your single years.
1: Sam welcome to the podcast thank you
2: so much for having me I'm excited to be here
1: well would you start by telling us a little bit about yourself like where are you what are you currently doing what are your favorite things to do help us to get to know you a little bit better
2: Yes, so I'm Sam and I live in College Station, Texas, the land of the Aggies. I went to school here um, and I graduated in 2020, so weird COVID times, but I loved the years that I went to school here. I was a DG, a Delta Gamma, throw what you know, um, and I actually danced on a hip hop team called Fade to Black. So I grew up dancing. I love dancing, love traveling, um, all, all of those things, but I'm currently on staff right now with Stumo. So it's a campus ministry here at A&M and I'm finishing up my
0: third year on staff. Sam, did you love being an Aggie? My brother graduated from Texas A&M and I feel <laughs> like I got an inside look and just to the strong culture and pride of A&M, but it looks awesome. Did you enjoy your time there? So in the beginning, I was like, "What is all this Aggie spirit about?" I didn't know <laughs> it could be
2: one of those people, but definitely by the time you graduate, you are a proud Aggie. You're proud that you went to Texas A&M. So when it was all said and done, yes.
1: Okay, so there are a lot of Aggie traditions that I was not aware of, and I got set up with an Aggie one time on a blind date to go to a football game. Oh. Oh, my gosh. And someone <laughs> leaned over and said, well, you know, um, your date's going to kiss you if they score. And I was like, oh, are you oh my serious? Gosh. And they scored. And I turned him down. <laughs> I gave him my hand to kiss. And he never asked <gasps> so me again. That's
0: a real thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, my god. It's wow. a real You're thing. You're better than
2: me. My freshman year, I wanted the guy next to me to kiss me. (laughs) So I was like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? But I'm thankful now that he did it. (laughs) That would have
0: been awkward.
1: (laughs) Well, I just wasn't prepared. So anyway, but that's a fun A&M story. Yes, that is a tradition. I love that. Well, we're
0: talking about singleness today for our single listeners. Um, So Sam, will you give our audience your single girl street cred?
2: Oh, my single girl street cred. Yes. Um, So recently I just realized that I've now actually been single for as long as I was in a long-term relationship. So I was in a relationship school beginning of college for about six years and now I've equally been single for six years. So in the six years of singleness, I think I've been in 10 weddings and uh probably a part of 15 bachelorette trips.
0: <laughs> wow. Maybe 15. More. Yeah.
1: Those are some pretty good credentials, if I say so myself. And I bet you've (laughs) learned a lot along the way. So we know you've prepared three lessons for us, things that you learned in your singleness. So give us the first one.
2: Yes lessons in singleness gosh there are so many but definitely my number one lesson that i've learned is that i definitely needed time to fall in love with jesus and that led me to growing in my identity in christ um so i used to hear about identity and i just never really truly knew what that meant when people would say your identity in christ i would kind of act like i knew what they're talking about but wasn't really following. And so now I would practically say recently in the past year or two years, I have really learned a lot about what it means to walk and to live in your identity in Christ. So yeah, I feel like the biggest thing that I've learned about it now has just that I've been able to practically understand this new life that God has called me to. And I've learned how to walk confidently towards the day by day goal of becoming more like Christ. A man named Ted Shimmers actually just rocked my world teaching me about identity. To sum up what he taught me about identity um, was that he separated our identity into three parts, sitting with Christ, standing with Christ, and walking with Christ. And so sitting in our identity and who Christ made us to be, standing in our identity, and then learning how to walk out of our identity. And so before we can learn how to walk, just learning who we are, learning how to sit
1: in our identity. And we've actually had Ted on the podcast. He's been on a couple of times. And uh, so he's a man of wisdom. He's the guy who discipled Sean in college and helped him grow spiritually. So we we're big fans of the Shimmers.
0: Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Sam, I really relate with what you're sharing about identity too, because I think that that has been something I've heard a lot over the years, identity in Christ, but really did not know what that meant. And I feel like I did the same thing where I was like, yeah, totally, for sure, own my identity in Christ, but didn't know how to do that. And so I love those three parts that you shared. Could you explain those a little bit more? Like how do you practically do those, those, those three things, sitting in our identity, standing in our identity? and walking in our identity as a single woman.
2: Yeah. So you might be like, what is that sitting, standing, walking? Um, But basically I just realized that when I first started following Christ, I was immediately trying to walk. So I was basically trying to live out this Christian life Um, before I really knew what it meant to be a Christian. So taking the time to learn who I am in Christ and sit sitting in that was crucial for me as a single person because it showed me how to live out of my faith out of an overflow of love for God. Um and yeah, I just think about how I spent a large time of my single time getting approval from guys by flirting or just seeing how I could win them over. But my identity in Christ has taught me that any guy's love or attention is not where my worth is. So it's taken time for me to figure that out. But that's kind of where the sitting in my identity comes
1: into play. Sam, this is so good. You know, I, in all my years, I've realized that we as people are going to look to something or someone to define who we are. You know, we find our value in what a guy thinks of us or how we look, you know, make, make us feel good about ourselves for a season. But ultimately, those types of things will disappoint us and they'll fail us. And so finding your value and worth in Christ and understanding how he views you and being able to enjoy that he views us in such a positive way and the things that he does for us, it's rock solid and it's going to make a difference in all of your relationships and especially in a future marriage someday because you won't be looking to your husband to find all your meaning or finding it in your work or in your children. And so many people do that these days, but when you're able to find yourself and understand your value in Christ, that just gives you this inner strength and confidence That's it's going to really make a difference. Yes, yes.
2: Now, I kind of imagine it also almost just like a tree, and the roots are your identity. And before I really understood my identity, I was just trying to live that above-grounds, like Christian life, like this category, this category, trying to get better, or grow in holiness in different ways. But it was hard because I didn't actually understand the root of who Christ made me to be. And so kind of backtracking and slowing down to figure out, okay, who did Christ make me to be? What did it mean when he saved me, that he saved me to himself? Then that has just, like a tree, allowed me to flourish and really just live the Christian life so much easier because it's out of who I am in Christ versus just trying to live differently.
0: That's so wise, Sam. So what's your second lesson that you've learned in your six years of singleness? Yes.
2: My second lesson has been a little bit harder and definitely a little more embarrassing to admit, but it is that healing takes time. So I said earlier that I was in a long relationship. I was with someone for about six years. And so I learned how broken my view of God was and that I needed time to heal from that past relationship. Um, Just from being in that long relationship, I realized that I didn't truly believe that God's love for me was the best. And I realized that that was a problem. So this led me to finding my identity, like we've been talking about and that my worth in doing ministry or getting different guys' attention and just having fun life experiences, that it can't be found in those things. Um, but in my singleness, I've had a long time to process how these things will just never satisfy me, but how God's love, it really does win.
0: Sam, going from being in a long-term relationship and then coming, did you come to Christ after your long-term relationship ended or? Um, so that is actually what led me to
2: coming to Christ is, um, I did freshman year. That's where I started learning about Christ for the first time. And then in the summer I went to Kaleo. It is the campus ministry I was talking about. It's their summer program. And at Kaleos, when I learned what it meant for Jesus to be the Lord of your life and to love him with all of your heart, all of your soul and all of your mind. And I just realized that all of my heart, all of my soul and all of my mind was given to this boy that I had like given myself to for six years. So it was really hard to break off that relationship. But I just realized that I needed time to love God fully and actually, my first Bible study that I ever led later that year, my sophomore year, um, was with my friend Meg. And we led the Bible study of loving your husband before you even have one. That's crazy. And that's so yeah. fun. So cool. So I didn't even remember that until now, but I held on to that book to kind of be one of the first truths of okay, what what do I do now? How do I love God fully? And it just felt like a completely different game of going my whole life, earning just not even this only boy's attention, but the love of just boys in general. That book really taught me how to love God in this time.
0: So going from being in a long-term relationship to then being single again do you feel like you had an expectation that you would be dating like fairly quickly after like being single again? Or like, do you feel like you ever expected to be single for as many years as you were in a long term relationship? I don't think I expected
2: this long. I think it's good that I probably didn't think much past, I don't try to think much past a mm-hmm. year in advance. So I wouldn't have guessed that I would be single this long afterwards, but. I'm so thankful I have been because it's taken
1: a long time to just heal from that. Sam, this is so good. You know, we all have baggage from previous relationships with guys or with our friends or with family. And I really believe that as a single woman, if you can identify these issues and start unpacking these so-called bags when you're single, it will keep them from popping up unexpectedly and rudely interrupting (laughs) your marriage in the future because life gets really complicated when you're working through your past issues alongside how those issues affect your husband and kids too. So good job. I mean, I'm like you, Sam. I was in a long-term relationship and then came to Christ and broke that off when he was not open at that time to, you know, spiritual things. So it was really clear I had to make a decision. But I didn't expect to be single as long as I was. But during those single years, I was really able to to experience some healing too in some of these relationships, just in the way I treated guys, in the way I interacted with my family, um, with my dad. There was just some some good healing. We got to build a stronger relationship. And so all of those things have really been a benefit to my marriage now. I feel like I'm a much healthier individual because of those single years. And at the time, I didn't appreciate it, but I'm just so glad now. So <laughs> Good for you, Sam. Way to go.
2: That's encouraging. And I
1: think it took me
2: five years to even realize that I didn't believe that God's love was best. So that's why I truly view being single as a gift because I'm thinking to myself, wow, if I never would have actually been real with myself to know that I didn't believe God's love was best, I wouldn't have searched for it and grown in my identity. So I'm so thankful that I
0: did. Okay. So you learned about your true identity in Christ. You learned that healing takes time. And what's the third lesson that you've learned in your single years, Sam?
2: The third lesson that I've learned is just overall that I needed to grow and I needed to mature. This is probably what I talk to my girls about the most that I didn't even realize, but graduating college, I had just thought about it and I was like, okay, I've lived under the care of my parents for 18 years of my life, and then I did the college routine surrounded by friends for four years after that. So when I got real with myself, I was like, okay, I actually have no idea how to be independent. Like, who am I? What is my life? And so graduating college, I wanted to learn how to be financially independent, kind of just how to be a quote-unquote adult. And I'm so thankful that I've had this time in my post-grad life because it's allowed me to build my foundation of life on my own. And it's also allowed me to just dream and make goals for myself in some of what I feel like is the most moldable prime years of my life. And I'm just so thankful that me and God get to like do it together and figure it out.
0: That's so good, Sam. I felt that in singleness too, where I look back on certain areas that God matured me in and I'm like, gosh, I'm really glad that I didn't get married at this point in my life. Like I had no, I, I, I would have felt bad for the guy that married me at this point in my life because of the things I just needed to grow in, um, especially just my own character. And so Sam, for you, what do you feel like has been one of the biggest character areas that you have grown in through being single?
2: Oof, that's hard. I feel like God has grown me so much during this time. Because yeah, during these six years, I feel like he's grown me so much. But I think if I had to pick one, I would say owning my age and newness in Christ. In the past, I just always viewed growing up and maturing as just boring and lame. But in the past in this past year, I decided to think of it as more,
0: y'all are gonna think this is funny, but turning
2: my <laughs> swag on.
0: This is I love that, Sam. I love that. That makes being an adult sound way more fun to me. Well yes, I kind of I viewed it as
2: okay, 24 to 25. And it's not just growing up and becoming lame, it is turning my swag on. So, what does that mean? It just means in the way of just desiring to be someone people looked up to instead of someone that they just look beside. So, I'm so glad that I figured this out before being in a relationship because it's grown me so
0: much as a woman and made me more confident and secure. I feel like we need to name the title of this podcast that Turn Your Swag On with Sam. <laughs> <laughs> That's Let's just a note it. I'll say here. We can cut that out <laughs> later. But I yeah, that inspires me. That's so true, Sam. I feel like whenever you're um whenever I was in college, I viewed growing up as like just becoming boring and not having fun. But yeah. I love that you're like, there's like lots of fun things about becoming an adult, like learning how to handle your handle your finances learning how to cook, like learning. Yeah. Just how to be an adult really can be fun. And yes. I, yeah, I love that. And it's hard. Cause I used to equate that to like, it kind of goes in line with
2: maturing, growing as an adult, is growing your relationship with Christ and becoming more holy. I used to be like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do that, but viewing it as no, I'm turning my swag on. I'm becoming someone that people would want to look up to versus just another person that they look at that really, helped me and encouraged me.
1: You know, singleness is a great time to really mature and learn new things and skills. You know, the more skills that you can bring into a relationship, the better, you know? I mean, it just, it's so good to keep learning things. And another point too, Sam, is that maturity attracts maturity. Because if you're immature, a mature guy is not going to be attracted to that. But, as you grow in maturity, you're going to attract the type of man who has maturity too. And that's a good thing,
0: yes, yes, that's good. Well, Sam, we've got a lot of single listeners, and I bet some of our single listeners are listening to this episode and are like, man, I feel like I am thriving in my singleness. i'm I'm excited, and we've got other listeners that are like, "I need help." I need some encouragement um, to thrive. And so we know you have three tips for how to thrive in singleness that you've learned. So what's your first tip?
2: Yes. I love talking about how to thrive in your singleness because I feel like you totally can. Um, My first tip to thrive would just be to doing whatever you have to do to love Jesus deeper. So figure out how to have an undivided heart towards God. I always think about Matthew 22, 37 of loving Jesus, the Lord, your God, with all of your heart, with all of your soul and all of your mind. And I just picture one day, the glorious day in heaven that I will get to meet Jesus and it will be just way more dreamy than the most fabulous wedding that I could ever think of. Also with that thought, it just reminds me of you can still plan for your wedding or you can still plan out a fabulous, dreamy wedding, but just thinking about that, that is the day that you get to meet Christ at the end. And so I still have this hope to live for in life that I'm not just waiting around for nothing or waiting.
0: That's great advice, Sam, to do whatever you have to do to love Jesus deeper. What are some things you've done in singleness that has really deepened your love for Jesus?
2: Well, the first thing, this is like a small thing, but I remember my sophomore year, I lived in the sorority house and this was my first year of singleness. So this was the first year without having a boyfriend. And at first I was like, how am I supposed to get myself ready and put on clothes and an outfit and not be thinking about what guy I'm going to see or what I'm going to look like going out? And so my friend Meg, she advised me that whenever I was doing my makeup, just each step of the way to start praying for different character qualities. So like putting on your clothes, you're praying to be clothed with humility, doing your mascara, praying to um, just be more loving. And so that's like a small little tip, but it really did help me a lot because I spent all the years prior to that doing my makeup and putting on my outfits thinking, okay, how can I look the hottest or how can I look tonight? And it just changed my whole perspective
0: of like what I was getting ready for. I love that, Sam. That's such a great idea to really bring God into that process and do something intentional to set your mind on Jesus instead of like what guy you're going to see. Mm -hmm. And just still enjoy putting on makeup and getting ready. Because I'm like, that is so fun. That's like a fun part of like being single and enjoying um, just your socialness. But I love how you brought Jesus into that process. Okay, Okay. what's your second tip?
2: My second tip would be to travel and soak up the good times that you have being single. So most of y'all maybe listening are in the younger season of your life. And there are so many fun things to do and occasions to celebrate and friendships to build. So my tip would be to go and do it all and soak it up, maximize your time. Um, My roommate, Kelsey Beach and I who live together, we do so many fun single things together.
0: Okay, Sam, were you at Palm Beach recently? Yes, I was. Yes, that is so fun. I follow Sam on Instagram and I do feel like I see you doing such fun things all the time. Yes.
2: But even smaller things too, like Kelsey and I, it's funny, our other roommate, she's about to get married. And so she will be talking with her fiance outside or they're on a date or something. And so Kelsey and I, we always, we're inside the house and we just turn up the music and we will on have like a dance party together, probably like once or twice a
0: week. <laughs> That's so fun. <laughs> That's great.
2: Yeah, it's like a music video session in our house.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Sam, that even reminds me, we had our friend Meg um, who is married and has three kids, uh, two of them being twins. And she just shared that you just don't have as much time for things like that whenever you're married with kids. And I think that, I think in my singleness, sometimes I can be like, I just want to get to that phase of life and I don't enjoy how much freedom and how much time I have to make those memories. Um, So I think that's such great such great perspective and it's probably good to just spend time with married friends with kids and just realize how much freedom that you have
2: yes yes that's why I try to take as many weekend trips as I can I'm like oh let's go to LA on a Friday for the weekend
1: come back Sunday let's do it that is so fun I'm so glad that y'all are making the most of the opportunities that you have Because when you become a mom, yes, you are much busier, you know, like, and Meg shared this and that was episode 84, just to note. But I mean, you have fun in different ways, because when you see your child say your name or start walking or, you know, there's just so many wonderful, amazing experiences um, as a mom with your kids. They're both great, but they're just different. And so if you can enjoy you know, the opportunities you have when you're single, that skill of contentment and just learning to enjoy what you have is going to carry over to when you're, you have a family and you're enjoying life. That's a little different. You may not get to travel as much. You may not get to do some of these things, but you still can live a, a fulfilling life. Yes, that's
0: good. Okay, Sam, hit us with your last tip for how to thrive in our singleness.
2: Okay. My last tip is a little more real, a little more on a serious note is to truly to thrive in being single is to invest your time and your energy and your effort into the eternal. So spend your time investing in people around you and loving your people. Well, I look at it just as such a blessing to do fun things in ministry that I probably wouldn't get to do if I was married, like we were just talking about, like, I just think about if I was in a relationship, I don't think that I'd be able to have sleepovers with girls or go on these weekend trips or just staying up late, however, however late I want to, to have girl talk. And also just having the emotional capacity to love and celebrate my friends the way that I would want to, like their weddings and their bachelorette trips. I, have full capacity to just be there, be present and celebrate them. So just investing your time into eternal things. And I think if you do that, you will never feel like you're wasting time
0: or you're just waiting around. You are living it up. Yes, Sam. Gosh, Sam, I really do just admire how you have fully invested yourself in this phase of your life. Like you really are someone that I look at. and I'm like, she loves being single and she does it so well. And I think that that is a character trait. And I feel like that will just be true of you as you move through different phases of your life. And you're just a catch. So I'm like, if any, I don't know how many boys listen to this. I don't know. Or maybe like 0.3% of boy listeners, (laughs) same as a cat. She's making the most of her singleness and she will just be a content queen through (laughs) all these phases of her life. But I love that. I love that, Sam, that when we invest in eternal things, we'll never feel like we're wasting our time or waiting around. That's such great advice.
1: That's sweet. Thank you. And, you know, I'm so glad that we talk about eternal things on this podcast, because a lot of people might think, well, what is eternal things? What do eternal things have to do with relationships and I and singleness? But I really think that living our single lives on purpose, on mission, growing closer to God and being about his work in the world is just so fulfilling. And it brings so much purpose and meaning in life, no matter what season you're in, whether you're single or married or motherhood, to invest in people around you is to be about God's business and helping them learn about God and helping them, you know, be able to grow spiritually is just such a wonderful way to live. And it's fun to do with a husband too. And so uh, I'm glad that we talk about it. But Sam, I know that Tanya... Played. You've mentioned Megan, but Tanya also had a key role in your spiritual growth, and Tanya was on our podcast early. It was like episode number 15, and she was talking about living a single life and making disciples and investing in young women, and it's just so fun to think about that she, during her single years, took time to build a relationship with you and help teach you things about God that have really helped you in life. And now you're doing that with other young women. And just to see that discipleship, you talked about a tree earlier, you know, but just this discipleship tree that's just growing and expanding. I mean, it's just so fun to watch. Yes. It's so cool to think about just the role that
2: ton has played in my life in the way if she is truly the most confident person I know and it's just cool to think about the fact that Tanya doesn't have a husband she doesn't have a boyfriend but that her confidence just radiates from what she's living for and who she's living for and so I think that that's the biggest lesson that I learned from her and she's the one, too, who would always talk about picturing at the end of everything, having just the most wonderful wedding that she could ever think of is getting to meet Jesus one day.
1: I love it. I just love it. Well, Sam, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we kind of wrap things up? You've really um, passed along some wonderful thoughts and insights and tips. But is there anything else that you're like, oh, man, I wish I would said this?
2: Um, I
1: think I always come
2: to this advice, but I think it just helped me so much when I was first thinking about going all in on a relationship with Jesus. But it was really the verse, Matthew twenty two thirty seven 37, about uh, loving Jesus with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. I just broke that down when I first started following Christ by thinking of it almost as like a boy, but loving Jesus with all of your mind, similarly to how you think about a boy when you have a crush, you just think about them all the time. You wonder where they're at. You wonder what they're doing, what they think of you. And so I just began to try to start loving Jesus with all of my mind by instead of thinking about guys and what a guy would think of me and just thinking about, okay, what does God think of me and how can I wrap my head around Jesus? And then loving Jesus with all of your Heart, that is more of like a dating relationship with the guy is like, okay, spending more time with him, getting to know him. And so my sophomore year, that's what I started doing. That's when I would just start reading the Bible more and just trying to learn about who God was. And then lastly, loving Jesus with all of your soul that you can think of it as almost like a marriage commitment, like, okay, I am fully all in with you, Jesus, like I am loving you, committing to you, no matter what the cost or what that's going to mean. And that's just given me so much drive for the life that I want to live and has just made me really feel like it's like the treasure piece to life is loving Jesus fully with everything.
0: That'll preach. That's good. Yeah. Sam, thank you for doing it. I mean, you're a single girl who's living everything that you're saying. And I think that is the most um, encouraging thing when you're a single listener is to hear from a girl who's in the trenches with you and is who who is really living by everything that she's saying. So thank you
1: for doing that.
2: Thanks.
1: Yeah, I agree. When I was a single girl living in a married girl world, it was just so encouraging to get around other single women who, like you said, Leah, were in the trenches with me just to know that I was normal and that, you know, it would inspire me to not just get down in the dumps about where, you know, God had me at that moment, but it really made me feel less alone and helped me to really thrive during those years. And Sam, you've done that for us today. And so thank you so much for just sharing your heart.
2: Well, Kim, it's really sweet to know, to think about just how your book really did help me in that first year of trying to love Jesus with all of my heart, soul and mind that I feel like that book really did kind of just play it out in practical terms and gave me something to go to and to read and look at. So it's full circle being here like five years later and talking about it. Never would have thought that when I picked up your book at
1: that point in time in my life. Oh, that's so fun, Sam. That just makes me so happy. You know, it's amazing how our stories how God can use our stories in the lives of other women. And I love that on the podcast, more people get to come on and share their stories and just share, you know, God's faithfulness to them. And I think it just encourages all of us to to keep walking with God and loving him more and trusting God and his plan for us. So thank you. And to our listeners, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. We're just so glad you're here. We're glad you carved out time to listen to Sam and all of our wonderful tips and insights and wisdom. And we still have a lot more to talk about. So we hope you'll join us again next week. See you then.